0: Welcome to Ego Radio. We get you in the minds of creatives and entrepreneurs who are breaking ground. It's easy to make a hit, but it's hard to build a career. How do you stay fresh and curious with your artwork and life? That's what we're here to find out. This week, you'll be tuning into a very candid conversation with Swish Goswami, co-founder of TrueFan. They have raised $1.8 million in funding. They're a startup selling social media analytics. And quite frankly, their service is flipping a switch in the marketing industry with clients ranging from the NBA to Netflix. He was Canada's Young Entrepreneur of the Year in 2019. He's a TEDx speaker. And this isn't his first shot at bat. He's been in the game of entrepreneurship through several successful companies. And if you can believe it, he's just 22 years old. Swish is a hell of a guy. We sat down to chat after a couple weeks of shooting a pilot about the real life perils and fuckery that we the human race call entrepreneurship. (laughs) Now we're in the process of selling the show, but that is a story for another day. Let's jump into this episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was super ambitious as a kid. I remember um, locking myself in a room as well and pretending to give like a fake shareholders meeting as if I was like the CEO of a big company and I had to like present the new product that we put on the market. And I was just so in my head, but at the same time, like that level of dreaming, Mm -hmm. if you will, kind of motivated me to actually start doing things about it. I mean, if you want to call it envisioning, right? Like people talk about like, live the reality
0: before you create it.
1: And it's like, that's funny. Just like as a kid, you, you, play. You know what I mean? Exactly. Have- I played I, I I I had my own way of playing I think. Like these booklets by the way. Like I can send you a photo because I have them all in Calgary still yeah. in like a, a like a drawer. Mm. And it's not just like three or four pages. they are at least 500 pages. Holy shit. Like just multiple booklets and m- multiple binders where I've written down like things that I want to do like in the hotel industry. God, genetics. Damn. Um, true fan is actually written in there but as a fan engagement platform Got you. Um, I just wrote pretty much every idea out um, and I have like a little thing on the outside of my cabinet that says the future is here um, so that's what I wrote like when I was 12 years old when I was 14 years old and I was 16 anytime I feel like oh like, I feel lost I don't really know where I'm going in life I'd open that drawer read that booklet and be like this is my North Star yeah like this is who i'm yes. supposed
0: to be that's that's brilliant that's yeah brilliant. yeah because like it's it's very easy to get lost in the sauce just i
1: created a film production company i wrote out called a <laughs> town studios um Jeez. and then yeah man i had my plan also for politics that i wrote in there because that's my long-term goal so yeah, yeah. you're right like i, I literally, literally had right? planned i mean hopefully one day let's see but i wrote out my life plan until i was 50. Mm-hmm. um and i think there's pros and cons about doing that but like weirdly enough I don't know. Ever since I was 10, I've had the same kind of goal of like entrepreneurship, entertainment, and politics are going to be the three pillars that define my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know when each part is going to come into reality. Right now, I think I'm living the entrepreneurship side. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, with the project we're working on, for example, I'm kind of dabbling in entertainment at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of cool to see like how you're starting to pave the road that you created when you were. 10 years old yeah it's a pretty cool feeling that's no no that's yeah. that's
0: absolutely amazing yeah. i think uh it's it's just like it's it's a little baffling to me to just how early uh you had that vision and i think that's a testament to uh i think we also so we, we've been spending like quite a bit of time together for the past couple of months so mm-hmm. there's a lot of reference points that i'm yep. i'm gonna bring up but uh you, t- you talk about a lot about your mother as a big big mm-hmm. influence oh yeah and i think we all, and this is something that, like, you know, music references it. You hear the, the best creators reference it. Like, your childhood is that cusp where you don't feel limited. The real world hasn't hit you yet. No, you're a tabula
1: rasa, right? You're a blank slate. Anything is possible because you don't know what's not possible. Yeah. Yeah, you just, you haven't been hit by a brick yet. You don't no. know what pain is. No. What real pain is. Yeah, right? yeah,
0: yeah. And yeah. what's interesting is that as you did and I know you've experienced just as we all have mm-hmm. many hardships mm-hmm. as, as you've grown up mm-hmm. uh you stuck with your vision and you stuck with that and yep. for me like me being able to do that I know that I can attribute that to how I was raised and how right. the foundation the emotional foundation that I was given right I was curious as to know like like how has your mother influenced the way that you mm-hmm. see the world
1: yeah man I mean mom is kind of being like the biggest supporter in my life which is very underrated like you know I come from an immigrant family where they could have forced me into like engineering, law, medical school, told me go get a degree, work in this job, have a like safe, secure life, get married at 25, 28, <laughs> retire at 40. They could have done that. Right. Yeah, like, to be yeah. fair, I owe it to them. Right. Like they provided everything. Home, shelter, love, everything. Took that risk. Coming right. Away. Exactly. Yeah. So. I think the biggest thing for me is my mom just supported me no matter what I did, Um, whether it was dropping out of school, moving to New York, starting this company, going from Vancouver to Toronto, living apart from her for so long. Um, She just encouraged me that whatever I do, do it at a high level, do it with genuine love and care. Um, and I'll support you. Mm. So that just goes a long way. Like I don't, I don't think she under. I mean, I think actually now she kind of understands it. But like even when I started True Fan, I don't think she understood what the hell I was doing. Mm. She did not understand what True Fan was all about. Mm. Um, but she trusted me because she saw how passionate I was about trying to start it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 100%. Like mom's being the biggest supporter in my life. I don't think that I could ever do it without her because mm. not only is she very helpful on the professional side with support, but on the personal side, I mean, she's helped me grow up. Yeah. Like I'm not as responsible uh, as a human being even now, but like the small level of responsibility and maturity I have has all come from her.
0: That's that's fantastic. Yeah,
1: just taking a step back to the previous question. Yeah,
0: um, I see. I see how you have that that strong emotional base, that trust and that confidence and belief in yourself that mm-hmm. comes from the, what what your what your mom has given you. Yeah. Um, let's say. Uh, you didn't have that growing up, right? Because I know a lot of people don't, yeah. right? Yeah. And how do how do you recommend someone builds that vision, mm-hmm. right? Like a 500-page booklet detailing <laughs> multiple business plans yeah. is the is a fantastic like it's crazy. It's, it's crazy, <laughs> but it's, it's also it's also a wonderful way to say like, hey, yeah, I'm putting this out there right. on paper in my brain, right? This and once you have it there, it's like there's a, I'm sure you know about the reticular activation system, system in your brain that recognizes opportunities without you even thinking about it. It's like, how do you recommend people who may not have had uh, that nice garden of Eden to start off with, how do you recommend they build that for themselves?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think my my answer here would be A, you need to find that support from somewhere, Um, especially in entrepreneurship, like it is such a lonely journey Um, and The reason why it's so lonely is because for the first few months of creating something, even if you have a co-founder, at the end of the day, you and your co-founder are going to be working late hours, having doubt, anxiety in your head at all times, whether this thing will work, whether you'll be able to survive the next month, whether you made a good decision dropping out, leaving your job, whatever it is. So you need someone to fall back on that continues to reinforce that you're capable, you can do this, you're smart, you know what you're doing. You need someone that you can fall back upon to just tell you that. But also to be honest, like my mom is generally honest with me. She's not always like lovely flowery roses and anything like that. Like she'll also be she like, could, you're an idiot, yeah. like you're stupid, <laughs> like what the hell was that? She'll be honest and I love that about her. Yeah, um, yeah. So find that support somewhere. It could be a friend, it could be a mentor, it could be an advisor, an investor, a person you look up to in the city, a great professional in the city that's a little older, maybe it's had a bit of experience in your industry find that person and cling to them, right? Follow up with them, get coffees with them weekly, schedule things in to help them out. Make sure to just be with that person. Um, Number two, I think is, look, anyone can take a piece of paper out, anyone can take a pencil, anyone can get their laptop out, they can get their phone out. Jot down your ideas. Like, I think as you start to get in the practice of jotting down ideas, you'll start to realize that your mind is starting to think about ideas in a more nuanced and a more convoluted way, I think, Mm -hmm. where, like, you start to look deeper into ideas that you were thinking about a month ago. Yeah. Because now you wrote it down and you're looking back at it and you're thinking more about it. And then every time you're on the web, every time you have a conversation with someone, it's more likely to come up and you're more likely to talk about it and get even deeper with that idea. So make sure to write it down. Like, I was obsessed about writing things down growing up. I have, like, over 3,000 notes on my phone. I write down everything. I text myself about 40 times a day. (laughs) I'm psychotic in that way. You don't have to do it to that extent. But I'm scared of forgetting good ideas that I Mm -hmm. have. Or I'm scared of forgetting the seeds of a good idea. Something Mm -hmm. that could germinate into a big idea. Mm -hmm. But I didn't write it down in terms of the foundation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. And, And, like, for the people listening, like, this is uh swish is really not exaggerating like i think we we were filming something one morning <laughs> you, you came out and uh you were like i don't know what i was thinking or what i was dreaming about but i woke up at like 3 a.m yeah and, like, was, and was wrote it down. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. was like the time machine has to coordinate with the and i was just like what the fuck are you and he's Bro, just, I'm, he's just I'm like whack. I'm you yourself I'm were like yo i don't know what it is but i wrote it down and yeah it's like <laughs> <laughs>
1: I look back like I don't do it all the time, but like with my dreams, man. Sometimes I wake up at, like three, or four a.m. Yeah. I write it down, and then the next morning I'm like, "What the hell? <laughs> like, what is this?" <laughs> no, that's brilliant, though. That's brilliant, right? Like, I that's actually my goal is, is hopefully in our lifetime. I hope that we are able to track dreams mm-hmm. a lot more accurately. That would be a dope business to start. That would be phenomenal. Something that that like reminds me of like inception. Like exactly, the- right? Like maybe not altering, that's a bit dangerous, mm-hmm. but like being able to at least track your dream. Yeah. So Because yeah, like, there are a lot of good ideas that come in dreams. 100%. There are a lot 100%. of great ideas that come in dreams because it's pretty much an amalgamation of your experiences, what you've been thinking a lot about, even things that you've never thought about, but like patterns start to develop and mm-hmm. things are put together. Mm-hmm. Well, crazy it's, a it's really mind.
0: interesting because when you're dreaming that's when your memories are getting consolidated so yeah. just at a purely like brain psychological level yeah in terms of like you integrating your day yep and your thought processes and your concepts and yeah. your ideation it's just like this mesh of uh you know like this that's gold. that's your foundation yeah right? the mesh of gold that's yeah the yeah
1: so I'm, I'm i'm hoping i'm hoping when i'm like 40 50 probably 80. I can do that, yeah. <laughs> but I, I. One thing I got kind of scared because one of my uh, friends told me that his dad, um, probably around seventy years old, can't dream anymore. Really, so like just, clinically, like is this biological? Not with, like, clinically food, or anything. Just like he doesn't, he doesn't dream. He just doesn't. No, he just doesn't dream. Like he, like he, like he never enters that stage of REM sleep. No, damn. Like he just doesn't dream. It kind of sucks. You like, know, what? He, I, he I had to, to knock himself out with. Uh, Damn it! It's not. No, it's not. um, CBD. No, it's like a type of sleeping pill.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: It's some type of sleeping pill. He knocks himself out with it, and then he just doesn't dream.
0: Well, if you like uh, drink before you go to bed, or you know, a lot of people smoke before they go to bed, smoke some weed. Um, you don't go into full REM sleep. I don't know. You don't go into full REM sleep, so you're actually not getting that full rest. You're not dreaming, and if you notice, like uh, I used to smoke a lot of weed, and if if you notice. When you stop, right, uh, or when you take a break, or whatever it is, your dreams come back with such intensity, like just like <laughs> fucking. Like,
1: You're like, whoa, this is so vivid. No, yeah, yeah, really yeah like, no, the, I bet like the most vivid
0: dreams right. uh, you you'll ever have, and it's because right. your brain literally is catching up on the REM sleep that it lost.
1: Right, right. Um,
0: so yeah, so like yeah, I'm sure the sleeping pills have a very similar effect. Um, yeah, that's, that's scary though. I, yeah, I don't know no, if really, I can ever do that. Really I'm like, and, and there, it not be able to It intrigued. is true that as you get older like yeah. this is also biologically proven just uh out of a psychology textbook i love right. psychology, yeah, psychology yeah, yeah um as you get older you're literally physically able to sleep less like your body just wakes right. itself up so by the time you're 70 you're probably gonna be sleeping six hours a night and you won't be able to sleep anymore like you'll yeah. just wake up
1: Do you only have like what, REM sleep for how long it's in i think 90 minute cycle yeah, like, yeah. That, or, like an hour and a half yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: what is your uh i'm gonna ask you about sleep but before yeah. that you mentioned fear, right? You're scared. Yep. Yeah. Talking about your dad, yeah. your friend's dad is yeah. experiencing this problem. Yeah, yeah. What is your relationship to fear like? Because for me, I'm seeing like, you there's there's two real, like real things. If you break it down, mm-hmm. your motivations uh, to do anything really in life can be broken down between fear and desire. Right. Yeah. You have your desire to accomplish things, build a certain life on one side, and you have yep. the fear of what will or won't be on the other side and you kind of walk that line. What's what's that experience like
1: for you? Um, So fear for me right now is just around people around me. So fear of losing loved ones, fear of people that I care about, feeling hurt, um, feeling betrayed, um, not feeling loved or cared for in return. Um, So that's really the the biggest fear. Um, Smaller fear is like, I'm probably like fearful of spiders and shit, I don't know, but (laughs) if a a tarantula was walking there, I'd probably run away. but I don't I don't think about fear a lot. I really don't like when it comes even to like risky decisions we make at our business. Like I, we don't really think twice about like, what if it wouldn't work? Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess is good and bad. Like normally you should have a plan B, but like normally we're just so dead set on making it work mm-hmm. that like our minds immediately just go towards, like, how awesome it'll be if it works. We're mm-hmm. like, very like, at least for me, I'm naturally an optimist. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, re- I don't think about Likewise. what things are going to look like if it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I need that attitude a little bit more in my personal life. Um, but in the professional side, like, we're kind of just more guns blazing. Let's keep <laughs> going ahead. This is the strategy. And we don't think twice about fear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't let it trip you up. You don't let it stop you. No, because, like, I think we've also just been knocked out so many times now. Yeah. Like, with True Fan, we've had failed hires, product delays. We've had a trademark violation all in our first year. In our second year, we you know. The the businesses that you relied on uh, got, like, completely were like encyclopedia,
0: like, no, what is it, Britannica? Britannica, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was a huge, like,
1: you, you know, you guys have been through a lot, no doubt. A lot. And so at this point, like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, <laughs> if we try to go and make a, ma- if we try to take a major leap forward, I mean, the worst thing that could happen to the business is it goes bankrupt, but yeah. none of our decisions are like that monumental. Yeah, yeah. right? Like we're not staking the entire company on one deal. Like, exactly. Yeah, so like, I, we don't have a reason to play with fear. Mm-hmm. We just don't. I like that. I like that.
0: Because it's like, a lot of the times, it's like a trickle mentality, right? Like, Mm -hmm. one thing triggers one thing which triggers another thing. Right. And it's just this loop, and all of a sudden, you're caught in
1: fear. And when you're caught in fear, you can't make smart decisions. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and so, thankfully, that isn't happening right now. But, like, yeah, the fear of losing loved ones, though, is something that I think about, um, not on, like, a regular basis, but, like, definitely, like, twice, three times a month, I can look back and think of, like, times that I was in my bed being, like, my mom doing fine or like yeah you know some of my good friends like one of them recently has been trying to raise money for like nine months now uh, since graduation and uh, he does not want to take a corporate job Mm. Um, and I feel so bad for him because I think he has a great idea Mm. he's just getting really unlucky with the people that he's talking to and the stage that he's at Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm always thinking like oh damn like what if he takes that corporate job and you know, he doesn't like it and he starts to view himself as a failure. Or mm-hmm. alternatively, like, you know, how is he going to survive? Like, he's pretty broke right now. He's not mm-hmm. doing that well. So stuff like that, it actually does kind of bother like me. Making think sure about that it the night.
0: people that you care about are also prospering and doing well. Right? Exactly. Yeah.
1: That, that That's very important. That's yeah. very, very important.
0: You know, one thing that I uh, really stood out to me and that I've learned only in the past year, mm-hmm. uh, once, once I moved out, uh, is uh, that... Like what? It, what loyalty really means? Yeah, and you were talking about that in terms <laughs> of the team when you started yep. True Fan. Yep. And it didn't really hit me then, but I kind of reflected on it, and I was like, you know what? Looking back on yep. uh, my life and uh, the different things I've tried to build, and mm-hmm. like I, I've, I'm in film. I'm an artist. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. Right. But I've always loved entrepreneurship too, mm-hmm. and I've always wanted to build and create things. And when you're thinking about building and creating something anything that's at scale you need a team yep and you need that team to be it's not even about loyalty to like like you mm-hmm. it's about like loyalty to like a certain set of values yep like yep. understanding and like trusting that the other person will be loyal to the set of values yep like be consistent and bring yep. that energy to the table and mm-hmm. and that's just I think an invaluable priority to keep yep because it's very easy to get uh, caught up in like, oh, this person's accomplished this and accomplished that. And yeah. We should hire them. We should bring them on. Totally.
1: Loyalty is the most important word ever. <laughs> it is like if people ask me, like, what is the number one value that you're always looking for? Or what is the number one value you think a human being should have? Loyalty. And like it comes obviously also from my personal experience of, you know, my parents separating Um, and me realizing how important loyalty truly is. But it also then comes, like you talked about, when it comes to the business world as well, it's so important, right? Like, you're only, I think, as good as the people around you, only as good as your team, only as good as, you know, the investors, the advisors, the people around you. And those relationships, they continue to grow, Mm -hmm. they continue to stay positive only when you put back things into it, Mm -hmm. right? And so loyalty is a two-way street to me, um, if someone is disloyal, it's someone that I cannot work with, mm-hmm. no matter how smart they are, no matter, no matter what how great their accomplishments are on a personal side, no matter how good looking they are, yeah, yeah, I can't deal with someone that's disloyal. It's just me. And it's also because, you know, like I have a very passionate and strong feeling behind that word now. Um, so it's something that I look for immediately. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I couldn't agree more. Yep. Yeah. Yeah 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 we're <laughs> gonna loyalty p- print that on a hoodie the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> um just in, in general right like yeah. looking like taking a scaling up looking at like a kind of like a meta scale sure your life is fucking strange in terms <laughs> of this, like uh what the average 21 year old 22 year old is, is doing you know yeah ha- walk me through like what is it what does it really mean to walk a path
1: walk the path that's us travel mm-hmm. um so a i actually don't feel different mm. um which i think is good like both Onik and i Onik obviously my co-founder 21 i'm 22 like yeah both of us don't actually wait on turned 22 recently so i can <laughs> say this on air we're both the same age for now <laughs> <laughs> but uh i am one year older but at the same time like i think both of us don't feel different like we've never tried using our age to like you know advertise or promote mm. ourselves or anything like that we want to be treated treated seriously yeah, um, yeah like an equal um so i think for us to walk the road less traveled on is great but it doesn't also feel like it you know like i just i feel like if anything i just got a head start on life a little bit mm-hmm. like i don't feel like i'm walking a road that people haven't walked on before mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i know 24 25 26 year olds do walk on this path of building their own company right yeah they do it all the time yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. i just feel like i have a head start on them because i started two years ago as opposed to what give me the courage to really leave university and just Start. I, 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 I just didn't see a future for myself in university yeah like I had come in with hopes of being a lawyer those got just squashed um, because I yeah I, yeah. I, I legitimately <laughs> didn't want to be a lawyer after seeing my brother yeah um, he's think, doing really well he's doing amazing yeah. he loves his job is yeah. meant he was born to be a lawyer um, but my brother actually I remember him coming home and telling me like look you can go into research start your own business Hell, you could even go into like a foreign policy school if you wanted to be a diplomat, because I remember telling him about that once. Um, but he said, I will not allow you to become a lawyer. Because he, he knows who you are. He was like, You're way more creative. Yeah. Um, 80% of law is just reading. Yeah. You don't even like reading. Yeah. And it's not always going to trial, and it's not like it was in suits. Yeah. You know, like that TV show suits is, is bogus, big. bro. <laughs> You don't end up in trial, like, you don't have all these beautiful it's, dinners and yeah, yeah, fancy yeah, yeah, cars yeah. immediately. Like, yeah. the life of an associate in the first three years is yeah. pretty much working in a bullpen in the law yeah. firm and spending like 20 hour dates yeah. um, working for someone else, not employing any level of creativity, yeah. just writing, reading, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, once I knew that, I started reassessing everything, mm-hmm. you know, and I looked back at that book. I looked back into the, the cabinet of dreams, if you will. I actually like that name. I might coin it. <laughs> the cabinet of the the cabinet dreams. dreams. <laughs> <laughs> um, I looked uh, back into the cabinet and I yeah. said, okay, this is who I'm supposed to be. Yeah. My goal always was to be a lawyer and then after two or three years of making money to start my own thing. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking, why not just start my own thing now? Yeah. And that's what I did. And yeah. then, you know, that's why once it started taking off, once obviously I got the VC job in New York, I just rode that wave mm-hmm. and kept going with that momentum yeah. wherever it took me, wherever it took me. Mm-hmm. that was what I did, yeah, yeah,
0: and so it takes a certain amount of like energy, and I was talking about this like lust for life mm-hmm. what keeps you engaged what keeps you what, when like when you're going through like the yeah the work that's just like fuck this shit. The docu signs and the
1: printing out sheets and going through cap tables and the legal yeah. work and you know, the the hiring side of interviewing people, reading through resumes, yeah. Oh yeah, what keeps me going? I think generally speaking, just the twenty percent of work that's fun in entrepreneurship kinda mm. keeps you going. Mm. Like the twenty percent off meeting some really cool people working an idea that you're able to iterate, you know, building something that you can call your own, having people work for you, being able to, to a degree, set your own schedule mm-hmm. and work at your own pace. Yeah. All of that, which I would factor into the 20% of amazing stuff associated to entrepreneurship, yeah. keeps me going. Yeah. That's it. Yeah.
0: I can see that, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. Um.
0: Another another concept that was really interesting that you were talking about was so you have your hands in a lot of different pots at the mm-hmm. same time, yeah. Like you have six fucking hands, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> like a Hindu god, yeah.
0: You're putting a book together, you're, it's done, it's done, it's you done. Finished, coming out, finished, finished, the book. finished the book, coming out later Madness. this year. Um, uh, you're a true fan, true fan. just acquired your biggest competitor, yeah, done a lot of doing a lot. And planning to do even
1: more speaking. Yep. Yep. Uh, It seems like a list that's just constantly growing. Little clothing collection. I did a sneaker last year. Um, Advisor and investor in a few companies. Obviously do my podcast with Origins Media. I I post a lot on social media. Yeah, 100%. I
0: definitely do a lot. What is it that enables you to... Do all of that? Do all of that. And how do you decide what is something that's worth taking on?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Because uh, once
0: you even start to have like a modicum of success, mm-hmm. there are more
1: opportunities on the table than you have time to, totally. to, to, to actually do. Yeah, and, and this is a great question because at the start of this year, I started realizing that I overcommitted two years ago. Mm-hmm. Last year, I think I was a little more focused about only taking on opportunities that had something to do with where I wanted to go in life. Right, so the reason I took on the sneaker deal, the reason why I took on like creating a small capsule collection for a clothing brand in L.A. called Om Femme, reason I did the podcast is because I do see myself in entertainment in three, four, five, six years, mm-hmm. right? And I wanna be known as a cultural figure mm-hmm. more than just an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time though, um, this year, I made the conscious decision of realizing that true fan is the number one priority. Mm-hmm and everything that i do needs to lead back to it number two is the book and number three speaking that's it those are the three things that this year i want to do 95 percent of my time will be spent on truefan because we're hiring people we're hiring people that aren't our friends we're hiring strangers that are literally coming in and for me not to be at the office most months or most weeks or most days is ludicrous it can't happen so I think for me, I started realizing that I can definitely do a lot of things. And, you know, the way I actually do that, by the way, is having a great team around me. Like for the podcast, I work with three very hardworking girls at Origins Media House for speaking. I have a bureau called Speaker Spotlight. They negotiate the deal. They close the deal. They book my flight, book the hotel. All I really got to do is just show up and speak. With the book, I have my publisher, Kogan Page, With investing and advising, I do it with Onyx. We do it more on the side. With the shoe deal, it was with K-Swiss. With the clothing deal, it's with Like I have various teams, whereas all I really got to do is just show up and put some creative vision and creative energy into something, and it'll work out. Mm -hmm. But this year, again, I've really noted that it's a breakthrough year for TrueFan. It's a 95% of my focus, 95% of my week, 95% of my month needs to be put towards Mm TrueFan. That's it. So my role right now has come down to fundraising, hiring, setting, and communicating a vision constantly to our team so they're reminded of what the bigger picture looks like. And then finally, top line enterprise sales, like big deals. Mm-hmm. Those are the four things I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. So All leading back to TrueFan. If
0: I could paint it visually, kind of what you're saying is yep. there's this circle in the middle that's TrueFan. Yep. True Fan. yep. And kind of like a spiral, yeah. everything else has to lead back to that and benefit exactly. the growth of TrueFan in some exactly. way for this stage in your life.
1: Exactly. And, and there are obviously side things, maybe circles that don't attach to TrueFan. I'm not going to give those that much focus this year, mm-hmm. but I'm planting seeds. Yeah. Right? Because I do see those circles becoming bigger in a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the,
0: the, the, the scale of what you're trying to do in terms of uh, over the length of your career. Yep. You're trying to be in multiple different fields three verticals and like you yeah. said uh, It's not just about being a great entrepreneur. It's about being a cultural icon. Yep Not for the sake of your own ego, but yep. just simply because you want to accomplish this many things and you know That's what it takes.
1: And I want to pave the road for people who a didn't think it was possible yeah. or b, they come from a similar situation where maybe they didn't get the best parents that would allow them to drop out of school um, or weren't supportive of creating their own business, right? So, I the reason why, for example, on the speaking front, I talk so much about mental health mm. is because I want to pass my lessons around mental health forward, right? I, I want to be able to share experiences that I've had talking to friends that have suffered great mental health illnesses. I want to share my own stories of mental health as an entrepreneur. And I want to be able to talk about that because it's all about being relatable and passing whatever I've learned, whatever I'm mm-hmm. o- observing and noticing, mm. on to other people, mm. so they feel they feel encouraged. They feel like they're the road forward.
0: Yeah, I can always respect that. Like 100%. That's like, that's like why I started this podcast mm-hmm. because I'm seeing there's an immense amount of creative talent in the city. Yeah. But uh, as creatives sometimes tend to be, it's yeah. like okay, how do you siloed away? Siloed away, and uh, not as aware of the multiple factors that mm-hmm. you need to be aware of to turn it into a lifestyle that's sustainable. Yeah. And that's not saying like people, that's like saying me included, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do you create a conversation, create a community around information that we, like I know something that you don't know, you know something that I don't know. And if we come together share that knowledge, yep. and put it out for people to see. We provide value to each other. Exactly. Yeah. Each other, the community, the other people, like you said, who are trying to strive to build a life that's yep. not a prescription given to you by that's, that's
1: also the philosophy for how I became big on LinkedIn, mm. right, is exactly that. I took lessons that either I learned or I, I learned it from someone else mm-hmm. and I shared that. Mm. And then I started interacting with people in the comments because I started relating to their experiences, they started sharing theirs, they started becoming deeper and had a better connection with me. And over time I started building a community on the platform. Yeah. But it all came back to what you just said. Interesting. Yeah. yeah
0: just, that, just that when when there's that desire to share in the beginning, like when it's coming from a place of growth. Yep. Place of abundance. Yep. Like it's like yep. you can't It's go wrong. so powerful. Yeah.
1: It's so powerful.
0: Incredibly okay. yeah. What like these days, I'm curious to know where the concepts what are the lessons that are rattling around your head?
1: Um, they're kind of the same. They've just become deeper, I think. Um, very much A, around, I think, scaling a business now has been the biggest lessons I'm thinking about because it's not just about starting a business anymore. It's not just about, like, initially, you know, having a team around you. It's about now really trying to hit that hockey stick curve in terms of growth. I've been trying to learn mm-hmm. a lot about that because that's something we're currently in the middle of for TrueFan. Mm-hmm. No, there's definitely the potential within right. the next
0: year or two years for TrueFan to...
1: Exactly. And, I, you know, we've hit our sales targets over the last two months yeah. early. Like this year, this month for February, we hit it in the middle of Feb, <laughs> right? Like we're, we're trying to grow 10% each month yeah. faster. We're trying to double our... our annual recurring revenue by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Like we have a big goal, but at the same time, like we know we're going to hit it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing too is on mental health, um, specifically around the importance of building a community uh, and not feeling alone. Um, like I just love going to like dinners where I can talk to other entrepreneurs because I love being able to see that they're going through a similar issue as I am. And just to know that like, I'm not alone in terms of like not being a morning person You know, having to sacrifice personal relationships for my business, um, fights that I have with my team. Like, I'm not alone in that. I'm not a douchebag. I am not different. I am just an entrepreneur. Like, they are figuring this shit out. And it just feels so good on your mental health to know that because a lot of times you feel isolated and you feel different and you feel like you're the problem. When in actuality, like, you definitely could be the problem, but this is a problem that's common in your field. And it's nice to know that yeah yeah 100 yeah.
0: percent. one thing that i actually like learned spending the the week as we took about a week we week yep. have to film yep. uh the pilot uh which we, we should jump into that afterwards so yeah we we about. let's do um, it. i saw that I, I, there's different ways that you can recharge you know what right. i mean like and i think the concept of introverts and extroverts is kind of like an outdated mm-hmm. like uh, it's totally. too simplistic of a way to describe how it is that we recharge and get energy right I think there's different ways. Like I'm sure you can sit down, watch a good movie, and recharge in one way. Yeah. Uh, you know, binge out on a show, watch. That's one form of recharging if you want to, if if that gives you energy. Yeah. Um, but then also sitting down, and I find more so than a cup of coffee, having a wonderful conversation. There's nothing that lights my brain up more. Right. And I think a lot of the times when we get stressed out, when we're under pressure. You feel the need to isolate yourself and be mm-hmm. like, I can't deal with anyone right now. Yep. I don't want to. But if you take a step back and like you were in the middle of closing, uh, what in the future, in retrospect, could be the most pivotal key, moment. pivotal moment in your company. and You were still like casually going out to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you weren't like, okay, blind blindfolds on. I'm just going because as soon as you get into that mind mind frame, you're not looking at the big picture anymore. Totally. You're not calm. You're not totally zen. totally. So just like seeing. Uh, it was it was really nice to see you just go out and take a moment. Sit we did the podcast during Yeah, you did the podcast. Yeah. Uh, you went to dinner with I, I forget his name. Um, uh, Zane, Zane, right? Yep. That was it's like yep. understand where as a human being what it is that will recharge your psychology. Yep.
1: It's that connection to the people. Very well you. said. Yeah, exactly. And and that's why I love what we what were we're making right with. Um, Tentatively named Crunch Time. I think I think I think we I like that name. I think we're gonna stick with it hopefully. But um, I like it because a it shows the reality of entrepreneurship. But b imagine now if we can look at any company in the world Mm -hmm. that's growing. Yeah. And we can document their most pivotal moment in their company's history. Yeah. Like imagine finding the next Amazon. That would be insane. And then being able to have this piece of footage, this IP that you can constantly sell after they become bigger and bigger and bigger yeah and imagine being able to go on to like quibbly and be like holy crap like i can watch amazon's pivotal moment like a week of their founders when they had five other people around them thinking of a really big business decision that made them do this yeah that is awesome that's
0: invaluable yep that's invaluable yeah do you want to like just sum up i i'll I'll tell you a little little bit of the story yeah so uh I'd say it was about September, yep. uh, I sent you an email, I was like, or give you a call, something like that, I reached out, said, hey, I have this concept for uh, a video, just a video uh, where we document a really critical point. Yep. And the kind of like one liner was show shit hitting the fan and how yeah. good <laughs> you are at cleaning, at cleaning it up. Yep. Because that's, that's a lot of the time, not always, but that's a lot of the time how it is as a startup because it's shit's going wrong, you know, you don't have unlimited resources, you have to be handy and uh that's where the meat and potatoes are it's just like how do you problem solve how do you stay on your feet how do you stay sharp and uh you know uh, get the touchdown at the end of the night uh well said and that's and that's really what yeah. we're trying to capture that's like, really it, what we're trying to capture in a realistic way because exactly. there's all this bullshit around entrepreneurship of all like, this fluff. the hustle culture popping bottles driving <sighs> fancy Private cars jets. and it's like that's just like, search
1: up on YouTube. Search up entrepreneurship on YouTube. You'll get a bunch of gurus, quote unquote, or experts. Yeah. And they don't show the reality. Yeah. Of, like the ninety nine percent of cases of how companies truly start and how proper companies start. Mm-hmm. They don't do that.
0: Yeah, so and so on that and that was exactly your goal to show like a critical point mm-hmm. at a company like either IP, acquiring a competitor, maybe even bankruptcy, whatever it is, right? Because you big can sale. There's big sale. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um and just like kind of sh- share that yep. uh, in a realistic way, like what is actually going on. Here? Exactly. Uh, and then you were like, "Hey, let's not just make this video. Let's try to pitch this as a show." And I yep. was like, "Fuck yeah,
1: yeah. That sounds about right." Because I noticed that with True Fan, it's awesome, right? Like you know, this type of content. Even if this doesn't go viral, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be so excited because in two, three, four, five years, I will still look back at this video and be Hell like, yeah. "This is cool," <laughs> right? It's like a uh, legacy documentarian, mm-hmm. right? For like people that are about to die, they have a legacy documentarian because then their kids can watch their father or their grandfather's life and mm-hmm. look back at it being like, this is awesome. Yeah. In that same vein though, I also noticed that there are other companies, whether it's a genies in Venice, um, California, or in Asia or in Europe, they're going through similar moments. Mm-hmm. They also live in a world where online does not show the reality of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They need this more than ever. So I I genuinely believe that we can can sell this show. I genuinely think we can find a distributor that gets what we're trying to say. Shit, we'll find out. And I'm so excited just to be able to like... (laughs) You know, hopefully the next summer or even the winter, whatever yeah. it is, to start shooting more episodes. Yeah, like and it would uh, be amazing like to find two or three other companies. Go to Singapore, exactly. go to stuff Hong like Kong. that.
0: Exactly. Go,
1: you know, like maybe not Hong Kong, Kong, Kong right now. Not but right now. You know, later, the later, the future. Yeah, 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 yeah. when things settle down there. Yeah,
0: and and just really like explore like what it is that yep. makes startups around the world. You yep. know, in various different
1: situations, different context, it. different cultural context, mm-hmm. different way of doing business, different market. I'm excited, dude. Like, this generally could blow up, I think. I agree. I agree.
0: Yeah. It's, 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 it's an exciting time because, um, you know, this is my first shot at stepping into the arena mm-hmm. at
1: the scale that I, I want to be at.
0: Yep. Um, at the start of the scale that I want to yeah, be at. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the long-term goal, I think, for you to add like Features. That's features. Features. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. awesome. It's coming. It's, it's how, funny, though, you say that because I feel like maybe in 30 years, kids growing up are going to look the other way. Yeah. Like, I feel like the the Netflixes and the Hulus and the Amazon Primes and the Craves, that'll be the goal. I think, Not the big silver screen stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, when I say features, I don't necessarily mean, like... Oh, fair enough. Even personally, like, I don't really go to the theater that much, but I love movies, I love film, I love love video. Right. And uh, interestingly enough, I think we're already there, really. Like, me getting into film had very little to do with uh, movies Mm -hmm. and everything to do with uh, a guy named Casey Neistat yeah uh, yep. and he used to make really amazing short films uh once a month sometimes yep. they were ads even his ads felt like short films yeah they were, they were wonderful they yeah. would just go viral because yeah. they were that yep. fantastic like they were it doesn't matter that it was an ad it was just a great story that was being told it also
1: shot so beautifully yeah on a yeah. on
0: a point and shoot or on a DSLR that's like 600 bucks that almost anyone can buy yeah you
1: know? yeah yep because he
0: was a real filmmaker. He was a real yeah. storyteller. He didn't need the $100,000 budget. He didn't need the no. $10 million budget to no. tell the story.
1: No. Um, so he's also, by the way, an example of a cultural icon. Oh, for real. Right? Because yeah, definitely. in the same way that I was talking about passing it forward, like he inspired you to pick up a camera and to start shooting and for to real? think of a yeah. career in film. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, I think you, you were telling me you, you had actually met Casey. I did meet Casey in New York. Uh, my, my friend, Sam Sheffer works out of the same office as Casey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I went to 368 and, uh, well not 368, I guess he called it a company then, but 368 Broadway. Um, And we were going upstairs and he was like, oh yeah, by the way, this is Casey's office. And Sam really quickly checked if Casey was in and Casey was, and I just said hi. And then it was also funny because I saw him again at Haste and Hustle, Oh yeah. yeah. which is a conference that I attended. I later spoke at it. Um, And so it was cool, man. Like this guy, like I think, even though I obviously am into film, I don't think I'm into film from like a director perspective. Mm. Like I'm more into film maybe as like like a, a writing perspective. Like I love storytelling. Yeah. But yeah. like, I don't know if I'm that good. Like I, I do, like obviously when we were shooting our thing, like I definitely have an eye for, for how I want things to look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think I can do what you do. But at the same time, I think it was so cool because when I heard Casey talk, it like really inspired me to be like, This is dope. Like, I maybe want to just buy a camera and start, you know, (laughs) shooting things randomly, you know? Because, like, his way of talking about what he does was so passionate, and I Mm. feel like every person should strive to find something that they're that passionate about where when you talk about it, you inspire people to think about that as a career path. Mm -hmm. That, I think, is the epitome of finding something you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, like, be able to hear the... The joy, the the
1: joy, the creativity, the I don't know what it is. It's just like the that spark of life. It, it really is.
0: I think it all just comes back to that lust for life, right? Yeah. Like yeah. what what brings together uh, my circle of friends, and I'm pretty sure your circle of friends mm-hmm. as well, is like you were ta- you we were just talking about it. Your one friend who's desperately trying not to get a nine to five. Yeah, you know, like yeah. What what we're trying to do is build a life that's authentic and genuine to mm-hmm. what we feel reflects our inner world. We're trying yep. to make our external world match our internal world. Totally. And in pursuing that path, like you end up, like, like the, the case Nice that's at the world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, where where when what you're living is so true, so genuine to who you are that mm-hmm. when you speak, it's just a matter of like, like wow, like you can it's 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 just it's you can see that that person is genuinely living the life that they want to live
1: yeah that's beautiful it's it's a it's a very cool feeling like i just remember going to uh the haste and hustle conference and coming out being like that guy was cool and that conference had gary as well speak at it and i was just blown away by casey Mm -hmm. yeah
0: what do you think so like i I think a lot of times people look at i i was very similar growing up you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i remember talking about uh, i must have been in like grade nine grade eight you know i was telling my friends i'm like i want to be as successful or more successful than casey nice that you know what i mean uh he inspired me i want to take that insp- inspiration carry that torch take it one step further mm-hmm. and they're like yo you're you shouldn't set your expectations so high you're gonna get disappointed You know yeah. what I mean? like this is the shit that i heard All right and that wasn't coming from like a bad place of it was coming not. from a place of like yo like I'm be saying, reasonable be reasonable you know uh And I think that's also coming from a place of, like, personally, they don't... People don't believe that they can accomplish things at that level. Right. Uh, And they look at these people as kind of, like, other. Like, you know how you were saying, like, I don't feel that different. Like, you don't feel that different. Yeah. Because you're not. And Casey's not. And Gary's not. Yep. But... Yeah. What what, what would you say to someone who's struggling with that belief of, like... Or, like, the artist who's a singer, but she's like, ah, you know, I'm going to play it safe. Maybe that is the right path for you. You know what I mean? But... Yeah. What... What do you think is stopping people from taking that step and saying,
1: like, no, nah, I could do it. Like, I could, I could be in that position. I could... Yeah, I mean, there's obviously so many factors, right? Like, A, um, a lot of people grew up in a culture of self-defeat where, like, you know, think about it. Before Barack Obama became president of the United mm. States, there hadn't been a black president. Yeah. Right? If you had gone back 50 years and you asked um, a young black kid in Omaha... Like, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? Like, and they said, hey, I, I want to be a politician. want to be the president of the United States. What do you think people around them would have said? Like, You're well, an idiot. they so, like, yeah. laugh, exactly, yeah. right? So, yeah, I think it's a lot of people grow up in communities of cultures of self-defeat where they can't see role models. They don't know where the path is. Stuck so in scarcity. Exactly. It's very similar to even young Irish kids uh, going into the UFC. I mean, before Conor McGregor did it, there wasn't a big culture around young Irish kids doing that. Mm -hmm. But like now that Conor McGregor is there, I can only imagine the next 25, 30 years, there's going to be a bunch of Irish people that are currently growing up that are going to get into martial arts. Yeah. Um, That's one. Number two is, yeah, you have to be practical to a degree. Like I encourage people, you know, being reckless, living your life, especially when you're young, you don't have a mortgage, you don't have a family, but don't be dumb exactly, right? Like at the end of the day, you want to provide for yourself. You don't want to have to, harm your health by mm. not eating right, by not living in the right place, because mm. if you harm your health then you're not gonna be able to do anything it's in not the first place. It's not right exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think three is look the advice sometimes and I don't know where those people were coming from when they told you that um, you you know you should set your it expectations It was coming from a good place. I bet, but yeah. like I think a lot of times people also say that because you never want to measure your success, I feel, against someone else's. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I never wanna measure my success against like, oh, how successful is uh, Michelle Romanov, how successful is Gary Vaynerchuk, mm-hmm. how successful is Ryan Holmes. Yeah. I never wanna do that. Yeah. Because like A, you know even if one day you are more successful than them, like you don't want your ego to think that, No, no. right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the worst thing that could happen to your ego and the way that you 100%. treat people around you. Yeah. Or B, if you don't get there, you're just gonna be beating yourself up unnecessarily. Yeah, right? it's, even a loop, you loop could be, it's a you could situation. It's a lewd, lewd situation. You could be so successful, you could have money, you could have great relationships around you, and you still probably won't be happy if you view success in comparison to someone else's. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more about Set your own expectations. I think it's great to say I idolize a certain person. I'd love to have a career like them, but I don't think you should ever say I want to be more successful than someone. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's comparing your success to theirs, and you're setting yourself up for defeat.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think I think that I think that makes it's a, it's a <coughs> subtle but important mental shift in mm-hmm. that you're not saying don't strive to accomplish great things, don't don't have a incredibly strong like drive to to do things that have never been done before. Yep, but don't and be inspired be inspired Mm -hmm. by the people who came before you but don't get caught up in comparison don't get caught up in
1: don't because it's just not like you know i actually also think about this which is you might not think you're as successful as your idol when it comes to filmmaking right but you could be more successful than them when it comes to the relationships you've built around you the way that you've treated other people Mm -hmm. the way that people talk about you You know, some of the most successful people in the world are controversial. They're not well liked. Floyd Mayweather, right? Like, if you ask the average person on the street, hey, would you swap lives with Floyd Mayweather? They'd probably say yes, just because of the money. If you asked a person who already had 10, 20, 30 million dollars, chances are more people who are around that range would say no. Because for them, it's not just about money anymore, it's about prestige and how people talk about me and my reputation. And that's something Floyd doesn't have as much of, right? So, I think it's also about counting your blessings and realizing that you might not be as successful as someone else in a given aspect, but there's so many aspects to life that you can dominate and be better at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and not even like
0: just the, like your internal state. Yep. is what's most important above all. Like being mm-hmm. in a place of peace, being yep. in a place of uh, just acceptance and joy. gratitude. Gratitude. That's yeah. the word. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's. You can be in poverty, you can be in, you can be rich as fuck, but yep. if you're not, but you like, and that's not correlated to uh, your happiness necessarily. No,
1: some of the richest people in the world are some of the most depressed people in the world, right? They, I think there's yeah. a study of like uh, two, in, two in five uh, CEOs in America are clinically depressed, yeah. um, like Fortune 500 CEOs. Yeah. Um, and I look at that. I'm like, I'm not surprised. Yeah. You know, there's really no correlation between money and happiness. I think there is something where it's like to be live a happy life. You need like seventy-five thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Um, you don't need millions of dollars a year in your bank to be able to live a happy life. Yeah. If anything, a lot of times money even adds more problems to your mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, reaching the level of success that you reached mm-hmm. um, at such a young age, I feel like you have a very strong grasp uh, in terms of like ego and how that affects uh your relationship to other people and yeah and all that yeah how have you managed to uh stay true stay authentic stay authentic and not get caught up in because i'm sure you meet yeah. people all the time who because you have this following yeah uh treat you like like you are sure different, sure yeah, right? yeah, sure how do you not let their projections of who you are affect, affect your, your you? mental
1: yeah I have a mom who's the most critical person of me in the world. <laughs> Honestly, like I talk to her every day for 30, 40 minutes. I feel yeah. like normally shit after. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I feel great. But like she definitely grounds me. Yeah, um, My closest friends around me, whether it's my co-founder onik or... Um, my friends from college, they treat me as just like a normal person because they've known me for so long. They knew me before all of this even started. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they'll roast me, I'll roast them. <laughs> we have a very like normal relationship that way. So, yeah. I think it's also because I surround myself with like so many people that don't idolize me in that way. That like I have no reason to think of myself as better, higher, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. more successful than mm-hmm. anyone else. And it's yeah. also just you know, I do remind myself a lot about it too. Mm. Like, I, I try mm. as much as possible to come off authentic, to come off grounded and humble because that's the way I was also brought up. Like, I have seen the effects of success on people in a negative way, and I've always tried to stay away from that. Mm. Whether it's dealing with money or um, dealing with fame or dealing with success, like, I've seen people take it the wrong way. Um, I felt hurt by that too. So, like, I just never want to be in a situation where, I, you know, the tables turn and I'm the one inflicting pain or misery or sadness onto someone else because of that. Yeah. 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 Um,
0: just jumping jumping topics. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the book.
1: Yes. Uh, it's on young, uh, youth entrepreneurship. The book is called "The Young Entrepreneur, How to Start a Business While You're in School. And um, we started the project about a year and a half ago. Um, it's about 120 pages, it's not too long, not too short. Um, and the goal of it is to serve as a guide from A to Z, how to create a business, how to go about growing it, how to go about even potentially selling it. Um, and then how to even think past just the company and think about your mental health as an entrepreneur, your network. How do you engage with the larger community? Um, because I think these are things that are also very important to talk about when you talk about entrepreneurship. Um, so I love it like I think it's everything I've learned over the last three four years is packed into it um, my co-author is my friend from UFT of T Quinn um, who ran a really awesome international development firm before and now he started a, an awesome app around mental health nice um, so we're really excited for it like I think we've gone through multiple stages now of thinking about how to write the book um, there was a part you know where we didn't really like what we were writing so we scrapped the whole thing and mm-hmm. we We uh, pushed the launch date even further, Um, but we're also really lucky because our publishers have been more than kind to us in terms of just knowing that, like, we want to write this properly, so they want to give us the creative freedom to be Mm -hmm. able to, like, determine when it's ready to go or not.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
1: you got that. You you have a supportive team. Very, very supportive team. Like, the editors have been very patient with us. Um, You know, we're not sending them new material every single week. Um, If anything, we actually sent them the whole book pretty much in, like one google doc of 129 pages and we're like here you go please edit it and uh, they got that done really quickly. Damn, yes. so did you do multiple revisions or was it? Yeah we did about two or three revisions or two um, oh. my mom and uh, Quinn's mom are both English teachers as well nice. so they helped with some initial revisions but that was more around spelling and grammar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, big content, big content editing. decisions exactly that yeah. was what Kogan Page did. Nice, yeah. nice. And what
0: was that process like? Uh, Crazy. I like for me yeah. I look at a book yeah. and a book is a uh, bit of a giant to take on. Yeah, it is. I can equate it to like an album or a feature film. Totally. In terms of the amount of content that you're uh, distributing.
1: That well, and the amount of content you're distributing and just... The, the legacy m- that it leaves. Right? Legacy leaves, but also just like it's very similar to an album and it's very similar to even a film, I would say, because you need discipline. Mm-hmm. As a creator of a book, you need discipline to sit down every single day and write. Yeah. And I think in the couple, the first couple of months when we started the project, I didn't have it. Um, it was only last year, like near the end around, I think, August, um, when I was like, all right, cool. Like, I'm ready. Like, I want to have this new approach for how we're going to take the book. We're going to split it up into these three parts. One's going to focus on the entrepreneur. The other one's going to focus on the endeavor. And the final one's going to focus on the ecosystem. hmm and we're going to write this. And uh, we went through a writing phase, which was great. And then Quinn and I actually took a trip to Niagara. Uh, and we spent two days locked away in an Airbnb and finished the book together. Nice. Which was awesome. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: But it takes a lot of discipline. Shit. It's not yeah. easy. Like, you don't That's know where to start. Sure. You don't know
0: what chapters to Spacing write. Facing a but blank page is one of the scariest things you can do.
1: Once you have the outline, though, you feel more comfortable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's this wonderful book that I... Uh, always recommend to anyone creating fucking anything. It's yeah. Like the War of Art by Stephen okay. Pressfield. Okay. It's a short little book about right. this big. Right. And he is an author who didn't make it until the age of 50. He was wow. like driving trucks, doing all sorts of other things. All right. Now he's like world renowned, you know? Wow. And this is this short little book kind of drags you through what, like, what does it take? What does it really take to be able to publish something at that scale, put that out there, draw that from your brain because interestingly enough, like anyone who has uh, great creative ideas knows it's not really like, it's not really you per no. se, right? No, like you, like no, You feel weird taking credit for it because you don't even know where it came from yourself. Yeah. And it's like, how do you create that? Like, I love how you're talking about the ecosystem. How do you create that ecosystem to be in a position to bring that knowledge, bring that content out of you? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what's the book called again? The War of It's The War of War. Yeah. That's a great, great I have a, like, fucking booked yeah, yeah. I like all that shit. Um, yeah, cool. Cool. Um, I think there was one more question I wanted to ask you. I don't remember what it was, but, uh... Shit, I think... I think we had a good podcast great, as it man. was. I
1: liked it. This was super neat. Just really calm, chill. I feel like I went deeper into more areas than I've ever done before, which is nice.
0: Yeah, no, I like to... I like to keep it more conversational and less interviewee. I yeah. want it to feel like, uh this would just be us hanging out. out and then there happens to be a camera there, you know, I cool. love it. Yeah. Yo, thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode. That's all for this week. We'll be back in a fortnight with the next episode. And, uh, our next guest is pretty special. His name is Eric Durst. He is a VFX supervisor who's worked on Spider-Man two. He's worked with the Bonho, uh, the like award-winning director behind parasite on uh his one of his previous movies snowpiercer and he's he's also healthy dude um excited to get him on excited to share that with you guys
1: so i'll see you in a couple weeks